You come at the king, you best not miss. You're not locked in Zone Zone 32. 32. Welcome back to the uh, Zone 32 podcast. I am not joined by Jake today because he's playing Tony Hawk Pro Skater in real life. Um, I do have Will and Grant here. We're uh, here to, you know, most people would expect us to be celebrating the Odell signing, which we're all thrilled by the Odell signing. But uh, I'm actually here to just bully Grant for horrible takes that he's had on um, Eric DaCosta and also thinking that Brandon Cooks is better than Odell. So, Grant, I want to give you the floor to uh, start off with to defend your horrible takes so that Will and I can take them out of context and make fun of you for them. Well, first of all, I'm so sick of this Cooks and Odell thing because if you've read the <laughs> you context in the fucking well, you said it. Yeah, I said Cooks <laughs> in 2023 is better would, would be a better option than Odell in 2023, and I used the relevance of availability and recent production. So I, I – put up a stat of the last four years, not games, because there could be a guy that misses three straight years with multiple injuries, and then you're looking at his last 12 games. Okay, well, that was three years ago. So, like, I was going years as far as recent availability, and Cooks' numbers were far superior. So, but I wasn't Far superior to you're comparing it to last <laughs> year Odell when he Beckham, didn't play. Odell Beckham has not. Odell Beckham but that's why, but that's why I gave Odell – but I gave Odell an extra year, so I, that's why I said four years for the last four years for Odell versus the last three years. Yeah, but Grant, that's so dishonest of you because if you 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 you're still including a year he didn't play. So no, not making a fair because if you want to say, part of the, no, but let's just part go of back four years. Right? Let's just go that's back part four years. Let's just go back four years for both because you know the fourth year back for Cooks makes him look much worse because his two worst years were last year and four years back in 2019. So let's be honest about it. And you you included Odell and we're like, oh, no, it's, it's cool. I'll just give you that. But you're trying to make it seem like you're doing me a favor when in reality you were just trying to eliminate a horrible year from Cooks with no explanation for it. So here's, here's the actual at all. thing. Because the way that I gear everything is a three-year basis. So like yeah, but then you include your guy, but I'll give you four. Yeah, because he didn't play last year, which is part of the availability argument. So, has like, not where lost I a was at was not lost a game since 2022. And, and the it's thing, the too, is in like, and like, uh, I forgot who said it under the comments. Sorry, but um, had said that Cooks has a higher floor, but Odell has a much higher ceiling, which is what I was basically saying. And monetarily, I didn't remember that you had said the four million thing. Okay, so hold on. So, just on that but, note, on that note, hold on. Let's just let, let's just. To give some context here, hold on. It it was NFL analysts, or I forget what his ad is. Um, okay, hold on. Just for context, for context, for what Grant just said. Here we go. So I think that really, when you're talking about acquiring Cooks or someone else, the the direct comp is going to be Odell more so than DeAndre Hopkins than a DeAndre Hopkins trade. And I think Odell, you should prioritize Odell because there's no draft pick compensation attached he probably can be had for cheaper than cooks i think we can get him for around what the the aav of cooks on this on this restructured deal and the the first year cap hit we can get really low we can get it down to like again, four million bucks or do you like want brandon cooks or do you want odell beckham right odell beckham i i think odell is a lot better than cooks so i think that 
So that's the clip. So that's, just, that's that's from our March twenty third yeah, so, show. And, and and you know, I'll give you your flowers. You were like dead on. But at like the time when when you know you think about Odell coming back, he took the nineteen months off. He's looking for a prove it deal with the. Uh, we just saw you know Alan Lazard and company signed for eleven million. Like Odell was going to be around that at at you know, as far as depending on what we did cap wise, but the void years, we don't normally do void years. We did four void years on that contract to be able to do that. So, I mean, that that's something we don't normally do. I was wrong in that sense, but I was thinking in a sense of as Odell's looking at between nine and 11 million, maybe on against the cap and Cooks is at six. I would take right. the six million in his production in 2023 over the 11 million in Odell missing two of the last three years with ACLs. So, like, I know they said he's good to go, and man, I hope he blows the fuck up this year. Um, and then EDC, I give him his flowers too. You know, that's a great, I mean, bringing him in, he had to. Like, you know, the DeAndre Hopkins thing or Odell, we talked about that a lot. Like he went out and he was aggressive. So, you know, kudos to EDC because for once he knew he had his guy, he wanted his guy, he stayed on it. And then the fact that Lamar was involved is a whole different conversation, but um, you know, I give him his flowers on that. So now I want to see what he does in the draft. As far as CB two goes, I think we could use another receiver. We don't have a second round pick. So either maybe a low, low end trade guy. I mean, Jerry Judy's still out there. I think he could be had, you know, because he's going to be due for a contract soon. I mean, they said they want a first or a second or whatever. They're not getting anywhere near that if, you know, all these other receivers are moving for, you know, thirds, fourths, and fifths. Yeah. Well, okay. So just to to stick with the Odell stuff. So um, the void years, the only reason we did void years is because of Lamar's um, cap hit on, a, on the tag because – the only reason we used, and we would have done less void years if we if we could have, but we had to use all four because it got us just under the cap. We have six hundred sixty-two thousand dollars of cap space right now. So any any difference in that in the way that's structured, and it just doesn't work, and it's a non-compliant cap situation. So the obvious uh, you know motivation behind, no, I mean obviously they needed to get somebody like Odell, um, and you know we had we had we were we were guessing that. Uh, you know, medicals look good today. We found out the medicals look great that uh, they uh, on all the all, everybody who's reviewed them says it doesn't look like he's torn his ACL a second time. Basically, the first one never really healed. So when he tore it, I it, thought that was interesting. Yeah, I, it's, I, I it's read, just the same yeah. injury. So it's like it's, well, ne- it's I not heard like, about like a botched surgery or something. I remember there was something out that something. Well, yeah, so well they said that he surgery. rushed himself. They said he rushed himself yeah. back essentially the first time. But to me, if it healed perfectly the second time around it like will said it never healed the first time right like it yeah. tore in the exact same spot and it was never fixed and that, so and I that, find that, that, yeah, that jives well with what, he, the Rams. what he, yeah that's what he said where he played that year on no acl so uh and and that's probably him saying that you know with the knowledge of what he learned after he tore it in the super bowl and what the doctor told him like your acl was not fully intact so uh you know i listened to the vault this morning they were saying how the grafting um uh, looked it looks perfect. So we're, they say we're getting a fully healthy player, explosive player, a guy who is going to be very much like he was before the injury in the first place. So, you know, we should be really excited where this is, you know, we thought we were getting an Odell Beckham who was going to be, you know, obviously a contributor and, you know, maybe he'd be a, a wide receiver too. And that's why people were like, Oh, we're overpaying. Um, 
we didn't overpay. We found out that the Jets, and there's no hard numbers on this because it wasn't, you know, there's no actual uh, contract to compare it to. But what they're saying is the offer was 10 million that could be 15, and we gave him 15 that could be 18. So if you want to win, well, you want to be. You want to be aggressive if you want to get the guy you want to get. And and the biggest factor is Lamar Jackson was actively recruiting Odell for what they're saying is like a, a year, which probably dates back to when he was a free agent, um, when he got released by Cleveland and went to the Rams and during the 2021 season that uh, that, uh, you know, Lamar was recruiting him to come join the Ravens. Um, and I'm sure the reason he didn't come is because of Greg Roman and the system. No, it's because so, Lamar got hurt. Uh, well, that's that, right. that, that too, but uh, there's, there's multiple factors, but um, you know, everything lined up. Well, the fact that Lamar Jackson wants Odell Beckham here is uh, whatever it costs, it's worth it because if it gets Lamar Jackson under contract, if we get Lamar Jackson here, even if it's just on the cap for this year, which I don't think that's even going to be the case because we need to to clear that cap space out. Um, it, it, Odell is now, you know, him and him between him and Bateman, we obviously have a wide receiver one. And, you know, I think Odell yeah. will elevate Bateman. Uh, you know, I, I showed you guys Bateman's best eight games. If you translate that to a 17 game average, it's like a 92 catch thousand yard uh, six touchdown season. So that's not wide receiver one numbers, but it's also, again, with half those games, more than half those games, Tyler Huntley and Josh Johnson throwing in the ball. And um, his numbers Greg, also and, get and skewed Greg Roman, because he, yeah, Greg Roman calling the plays. So, well, his numbers get skewed because he had that one game where he played like twelve snaps and got hurt and didn't play for the rest. I didn't. Of the game I didn't include that. I didn't include that one. Oh, you didn't so, include that. No, I did. I did his last five games of twenty twenty one, which uh, you know started with he had he's basically he was coming out of you know, the adjustment period and he was still recovering from the, short, yeah. well, no, I'm talking about 2021 where he's recovering from the, uh, the, the core muscle injury. Gotcha. So uh, it was his best five games to close the season out. And then the first three games of 2022. So that eight game stretch translated to 17 is solid wide receiver, two numbers. And when you look at him from the lens of a, a Ravens wide receiver in a Greg Roman system with, uh, you know, more than half the games backup quarterbacks thrown on the ball. It, it's great production. And now you get Odell thrown into that with Todd Munkin, with Lamar Jackson, presumably with Mark Andrews. Um, I think we should all be really excited about the offense right now. And and hopefully we yeah. add another wide receiver. If we don't, yeah. I think we can still be excited, but I think, you know, hopefully we still do. Well, and Odell's thing too, like with it being all, you know, clean medicals and all that. I think like with him, if you get 90% Odell, that's better than what we've had since Anquan Bolden. I think so 90%, Odell, 90% Odell I, I, is better than, than, than Anquan Bolden. I think 90% I Odell is better. I got in this argument with somebody earlier where they were talking about how Odell hadn't been elite since like 2016. He hadn't been a top 15 wide receiver since then, which is fine. Statistically, like you look at the numbers because he hasn't really played a full season since then. But if you did his 17 game averages um, from 2017 to 2022, it was – I think it was like 70 catches, uh, almost 1,100 yards and eight touchdowns. And so if that's what you're getting out of Odell, who was, you know, banged up, he was stuck on the Browns at some point there. He only played like half a season for the Rams, and he was, you know, playing behind Cooper Cup, who put up the best wide receiver season of all time in a brand-new offense. And he's putting up those kind of numbers on a 17-game average. Like, there's no downside to signing him. No, And right. I, get the, I, I get the overpay argument, too, because – we did we did overpay him like paying somebody 18 million dollars a year for one year and not not having him locked up long term or somebody who you don't um 
you don't really know 100% what you're getting out of him. I understand that argument of $18 million for a guy who hasn't played for a year is a lot of money. But the same people saying we overpaid for him also cried that we don't spend enough money on wide receivers. Yeah. So it's well, kind of like yeah. – it's pick Sarah, a slant, you know? Sarah Ellison also, again, to, to reference this morning's vault, she made a point that a lot of people are looking at this compared to this free agent class, which is stupid. Yeah, because he, no, it's, he it's is, he's money. head and shoulders better than any wide receiver who was available as a free agent. So you want to compare his, his money. You got to compare it to all the wide receivers in the league. He's the 23rd highest wide receiver cap hit. So we're paying the 23rd most money for, for Odell Beckham. We obviously, you know, with the, the uh, caveat being, you know, all we're basing our knowledge on is we've heard the medicals are good. We've heard he looks explosive. We heard he looks the part. So assuming all those things are true, if we're paying the 23rd most for Odell Beckham and he, he could be Odell Beckham of, of old, then we're getting a deal. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, It's just that you have that, whatever you want to call it, that slight chance that he's not the same Odell anymore. And I I don't know. But that's always, that's the case with anyone. No, I agree. It's it's any acquisition you make might not fit, might not work. And I I get that. that, And it, good. I was going to say, and that goes back to the Cooks Odell thing. Like, like all that was said too, before the clean medicals came back also. So that's another factor in everything. But like Bateman, you know, the thing with Bateman too is, is like, I think Bateman could be on the level of a number two type like T Higgins. Like I think oh, yeah. he has that kind of ability. Um, and, you know, I think having somebody like Odell to mentor him and, you know, obviously they've known each other because they had the infamous picture by sharing around with Reese holding the Minnesota Jersey, but like, you know, having that somebody that he can kind of like learn under Rashad hasn't had anybody to learn under. And like, you know, he's got that veteran leadership and somebody's going to take pressure off of him along with, you know, Andrews, Dobbins, Lamar, the running game and all that. But I think it is a beneficial, beneficial situation, but yeah, we do need to add somebody else. There needs yeah, to be so some, somebody put, I think it was Flockville. Me, I, I don't remember who it was posted uh, like best two wide receivers and a tight end trio in the NFL. And he put the Ravens first with Bateman, um, you know, Odell and Mark Andrews and people were arguing with him in the comments saying, you know, oh, this team's better. That team's better. I really don't know if there's a better trio of those. And that's very cherry picked because there's not a lot of better tight ends than Mark Andrews. Right. And like Mark Andrews is significantly better than a lot of tight ends. But people were arguing like Devonta Smith is better than Rashad Bateman. I don't even know if that's really true. Like, you know, with, with I think they're Bateman's, very similar players. Uh, yeah. Is Bateman's ceiling is about what Devonta Smith is or, or a little bit better than him. I don't know and about that. Really I think, I think Smith's ceiling is better. I mean, and, and Smith has shown it. So, I mean, he's proven it. So that's the, that's a difference. Yeah, no, I get, I get, but I'm saying like, we have two guys that are, you know, Uh-oh. like legitimate. The moderator uh, is uh, here. The moderator came back. Oh, shit. What up, though? Here for yeah. He's in a car. We're, yep. we're live. We're live. So we have another person joining us live this week. Uh, this is Jake. <laughs> Jake, say what's up. Jake, say what's up to the people. Hey, what up, people? Shut, Shut the, the fuck, fuck up. up. <laughs> 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 I how you fell for it. You tried. I'm too fucking clever for you, some bitches. I'm fucking But oh, here's the God. thing. You got remember, I'm a fucking populist. I'm a man of the people. And every now and again, I'm like, Fuck the people. So I'm bipolar about it. So there you go. Yes. So yeah, so fucking playing a show tonight. Fucking limp biscuit or breakdowns. I have no there idea what y'all but hey, 
There you go. We've just been we've been we've been arguing about Grant's old takes about Odell and uh, Brandon Cooks, and that's just spawned into you know rational discussion about it. I mean, again, Brandon Cooks is a nice player. He's he would be a complimentary piece in that offense. You want him with an X already there, already established. Like that, we traded for D Hop in 2020, and then let go of Marquise Brown. I ain't calling him Hollywood. He never earned that nickname, but how do we let him go? Nope. And then Brandon Cooks, perfect fit. Yep, he works in Dallas. Him coming over here complimentary piece and that would take us out of the Zay Flowers market in my opinion but that's just me well also, hey Grant Grant here's what I'll give you now if we traded for Brandon Cooks right now I'd be thrilled I think he, you add him to what we what we have right now and I'm, I'm happy about it but I, I but him being the first move and my whole my whole rationale behind that was if we do that I don't think we're able to do the Odell move and honestly you look at the money we couldn't so I'm happy that we waited and we and we got the guy we wanted. Well, I mean, yeah, people yeah, I mean, people and, forget. I was gonna say people forget that Nelson Aguilar was actually our big acquisition this offseason. Odell is just a, <laughs> yeah, there was a lot of people team. that said that was gonna be the case. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what I was told is that that was the yeah. only move that we were gonna make. The internet told me and lied to me again, but that's <laughs> what it is. And with and with, and the thing with Cooks too is is like I did want him, but I didn't want him as the only one. Like I wouldn't have been okay with just Cooks either. Yeah, and and it it probably would have been Cooks and Aguilar, and then at, at that point, I don't know that yeah. that's that's the the overhaul we need. So, can you, um, Grant, can you publicly apologize for saying that it was the Ravens that offered Odell four million dollars? That is definitely not true. Do we do we know their first offer though? Okay, Grant, this, they went from four million the, to eighteen. Oh, hold on, hold on. Hey, you listen, said things you happen. said you said Jerry Jones is a better GM. <laughs> Jerry Jones would never offer Odell four million dollars. But what happened was Odell bitched about being offered $4 million. Jerry Jones went and got Brandon Cooks, and then we signed him for $18 million. So my thought process here is that your boy Jerry Jones is the one who lowballed him and gave him $4 million. And our cookie-baking, you know, giraffe-having uh, elite general manager, Eric DeCosta, was the one who gave him $18 million. I just want yeah, you to put, the, put that on the record. He, he took the apron off, and he meant business. But, hey, man, I mean, you could look at it either way. The Cowboys got Cooks for a $6 million. You know, we got 18. Six million in draft picks, though. So we got Aguilar and Odell for less of a cap hit than they got Cooks for. And again, Nelson Aguilar, there's that one clip floating around him of um, him mossing. I don't even remember what defensive back it was this year, but, you know, clearly an elite top. Well, so. hey, let's also – let's be fair. Remember last year Former when, we signed, pick. when we signed Demarcus Robinson last year, we all said, you know, this isn't like a, some sexy addition, but this guy has – been in the playoffs he's won the super bowl he's got experience and nelson aguilar caught eight passes in the super bowl that's true in in in, in a winning on a winning super bowl team so you know not that nelson aguilar has the greatest uh you know track record of catching passes but he caught he he caught eight he caught eight passes in in uh you know the biggest game so you know we could do worse for a depth that edition, yeah, for, you know, and I mean, we I joked about it and like trolled about it and shit. Just, I mean, I trolled about EDC a lot too, but I mean, I trolled about that acquisition big time. But like the ceiling potential for that acquisition as a wide receiver three or four or whatever he ends up being, like he does add an element to you know to the passing game. It's not like we're asking him to go out there and catch a hundred passes, right? Well, so, yeah, I mean, and he's obviously better than the depth we've had in in the past. And at any point with with uh, Lamar, so any wide receiver four we've ever had, he's better than them. I mean, he's an upgrade. Than Jugs, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Is he gone? Can we just fucking get rid of him, please? 
James Forche. Yeah, why yeah I don't. I don't. I have no idea. What I mean, does he do? And it's like he's taking, he's taking it, up Odell's jersey, number. especially right now. You know, I mean, it's it's not a lot of money, but we only have six hundred sixty-two grand available. One point one point six million is a lot. Yeah, than, so that gets know, us over two million right there. So I, I just don't yeah. know why we don't do it because you know he's not going to be on the team. He's not even like a bubble guy. He's not going to even be on the team for camp well, unless they want to keep bad. him around for OTAs or something, just to have like somebody catching passes at, at OTAs. Uh, but he doesn't come, catch passes from humans. He only catches them from fucking judges. Yeah, I know. I don't. I, so I don't like, know. Fuck off. I don't know. I, I th- somebody I, tagged me. Somebody DM'd me a video of him working out with some draft prospect, and they were just catching balls off a jugs machine. And it I was, well, it's, and, yeah, it's a it's an ad for for whatever the machine they're using. It's like a new technology. It it's some some like it's like AI robot. Uh, you know, jugs. Is it like the is it like the jugs machine that used to throw curveballs that came out in like two thousand two. And that's you what know, it is, that, but it, for it, football, and like it'll put it'll it'll like throw it'll throw routes instead of just like you know just you put the ball in it like yeah those things through curveballs until they fucking drill you in the back of the head because it yeah. doesn't yeah. break yeah. you know catch well, it and, and, I mean you see a lot of players getting sponsorships from like you know like shoe companies or like you know gaming or whatever and he's got he's sponsored by a jug machine yeah <laughs> but hey he's, I, at least he's sponsored though I don't have any sponsors there, but, I yeah, guarantee you sponsored I, by a jug machine. no I guarantee you he has money in that in that company but, Fact check that for me because I want to know if he's sponsored by the jug machine. He's, he's no. got to be. He, I think it's, he's sponsored by it, but he's part of the company. I bet you – yeah, I bet you he's on the ownership thing. We could probably yeah. look up the uh, – uh, that's, L- that's an LLC. We could find that public <laughs> Yeah. Oh, and play, I've, play and if, if it's true, I respect the hustle, and that's a hell of a troll. Well, yeah, well, I mean, you it, know, it's you know, better but, than the fucking butterfly T-shirts for 80 bucks. At least this has some real-life you know, use. Nobody well, wants to wear a fucking you know, we have injury. we have a high profile uh, guy associated with the team who uh, has his name on a product that has that has uh, taken the world by storm. So, you know, um, maybe that's just uh, that that's James Prochet trying to get in on that action. You know, the problem is, is our guy, you know, who has the high profile item is actually good at football. James yes. Prochet is not. So, yeah. Yep. James Prochet is missing the step of if you're good at football, you can market pretty much anything to anybody. Yeah. Well, I, and on that note, I'm really hoping that we can learn more about that that product for the high profile uh, player well, at some point I, soon. I think you have to understand. Like, I am literally, I've never been more all in on a product because it is so like weird brain. Like, I would never think of doing something like that. And so, I just like anything that is, you know, yeah. of of that ilk that I yeah. just don't. I, I would never think of that. It makes no sense to me. So it's it's amazing. I clowned on it a little bit at first, but you know, I've come around on the idea. So I, I'm interested in in learning more. All all we've really seen at this point is sort of like infomercial guerrilla marketing, and you know, maybe that's I was that's just smart. I was it's, got, it. it's got my attention. I was in on it from the start just because of the fucking name. Again, like it's just it's so simple. It's it's. It's it's just it, it, there's you can't beat it. I, I don't know. It, we we need to learn more about this, and I'm hoping that we do soon. But uh, yeah, me too. Me too. Yeah. Grant, Bulls beat the Raptors. What'd you say? What? What was that in English? <laughs> Your audio is horrible, Jake. We can barely oh, hear you. Yeah. <laughs> it's fair. The Bulls beat the Raptors. Oh yeah, I just saw that. Live breaking, live breaking NBA yeah. news on on the well, on thirty two podcast. Yeah, down down nineteen, baby. <laughs> Uh, there we go. Um, actually, so we should probably get to the Lamar Odell angle because there's people still pissing me off with this. Um, I would like to lay out a timeline of events and see if it makes sense to you guys. Yeah, go for it. So 
I reread Lamar's public trade request, um, that tweet thread that he put out. And I know that I mentioned on here and on Twitter probably multiple times the use of the word the Ravens didn't value me or didn't meet my value kind of stuck out to me because I was like, this is either a ridiculously terrible use of the English language or you're you're going for something here. And so if you read that whole sentence, he says, you know, the Ravens didn't meet my value and anybody who knows me knows that I want to win a Super Bowl, essentially, was what that uh, sentence boiled down to. So what I'm thinking is that the Ravens and him butted heads over Greg Roman, which makes perfect sense. I've heard people say that. And again, nobody likes Greg Roman. He's a domestic terrorist. He belongs in Guantanamo Bay, whatever the fuck you want to say about the guy. Again, nobody wants to hire him. He's going on podcasts talking about how he's taking a fucking gap year. Like, fuck you. Nobody wants you. You suck. Go home. Um, so I think Lamar has been begging for a wide receiver and a new offensive coordinator, and he does not want to be in this um, gadget quarterback, mobile quarterback, you know, expected to, you know, be used as a running back, essentially, system. And so now they went out and got him Todd Munkin, who got James Winston and Ryan Fitzpatrick to run top five passing offenses in the NFL, which is a miracle in and of itself. And he made Baker Mayfield look good other than interceptions for a year or two. So, again, clearly is a, a pass-dominant offensive coordinator. And now they've gone out and gotten him Odell. Again, if you look at the video of him at the club with Odell, too, like he did not want to be there. I've never seen not somebody in my life who did not want to be there. And Max, our, our editor, Max, um, you can probably put in some sound effect where you get like a gold star here, Max, but said, <laughs> you know, if I'm – if I'm Lamar and I don't want to be part of the Ravens, there's no fucking shot in the world that I'm going out of my way to go do something that I don't want to do like late at night with a, you know, coworker that I don't want to be a coworker with and hundred percent accurate. So I feel like we're, we're no longer in this limbo of is Lamar back next year. It's it is Lamar signing an extension or is Lamar playing out the tag next year? It's really well, yeah. Yeah. And, and one, and the, uh, the other aspect of the question is like, when, Yes, because, uh, you know, uh, the I think um, what's her name, Justina Anderson floated out this this uh, very complex and very smart um, sort of solution to what's happening here, where they come up with a way to structure a deal where he gets a signing bonus for, you know, either signing the tag or signing on a one year deal. That's about worth what the exclusive tag would have been, because he's basically given up 13 million dollars. I find it very curious that the amount of money that the difference between the exclusive and the non-exclusive is $13 million and Odell Beckham's signing bonus is $13 million, by the way. So kind of like, uh, uh, Jake, Jake, Jake's dying. In Jake's front of us. He's gone. He's gone. Um, <laughs> um, so uh... I, I wonder, I do wonder if there was a conversation that happened where they're saying, if we put you on this non-exclusive, we can get Odell. That's the difference between the exclusive and the non-exclusive. I don't know, but the just if we believe if we believe people who have told us the same thing, um, and actually you've had one person, we've, we've had a mutual person tell us the same thing. I've had other people tell me the exact same thing, is that Lamar did not, and Ian Rapport said it on TV too, so Lamar did not request a trade. Lamar said, fucking pay me, basically. And the Ravens said, like, nobody's going to give you that money. Like, go have fun. And so that's why they gave him the non-exclusive tag. Yeah. Because well, you could go yes. out and get that. So, so Josina said that they come to an agreement on a one-year deal 
with a signing bonus that incentivizes him to show up for OTAs so that he is part of the entire offseason program because they have to install a new offense. And if the quarterback's not part of that, that's a problem. So they want to give him the value. Well, they, I shouldn't say they want to give him. In this in this scenario, they would be giving him the value of the exclusive tag. We would know he's here. We'd know he's here Earlier than later, they can structure it with void years because the intention obviously would be to get an extension in place for long term. So the same way they did it with uh, Odell to get the cap hit lower, but to get him all that money that he wants, where his value again, that's the word he used in his uh, in that that letter to his fans. They won't meet his value. So his value has to be somewhere between um, 46 million. Or forty-six point one million. I think that's the 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 threshold. It's not. It's not set yet because it's yeah. not set till the week before the draft. Well, no. So. What I mean is, is the forty-six point one puts them uh, on AAV or on on you know it's not AAV when it's one year, but the value is higher than any individual value year for uh, Watson. So, forty-six point one in total value for one year. They put some void years on the back end so that they're working towards an extension that's mutually beneficial. They got him Odell Beckham. They got him a new offensive coordinator. So the system's going to change and he's here to install it. And, you know, uh, a full summer of Lamar Jackson working with the receivers and the offensive coordinator is going to go a long way. I mean, if he shows up in August, um, you know, or late July, or he skips camp, you know, getting Odell's not going to do him all that much good if he's not here to, 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 you know, perfect the the offense so they have to come up with a solution so that the timing is important and we're about to well and we're about to draft you know at least five players and we need money to do that so i i think they'd much rather have a deal with lamar in place that clears cap space out than to have to restructure contracts that are on the on the books already all right so i got a way to fix this and i think grant will love this idea if you go to lamar jackson and you say look we just talked to and it's either the Tampa Bay Bucks or it's the um, Arizona Cardinals. And you say, I got the third round pick in Patrick Queen for Mike Evans or DeAndre Hopkins. We can't make it work unless you sign this fucking extension right now. You think Lamar signs that extension? Yeah. Has to. He's got to sign it now. I don't think Odell so, goes there. I don't think Odell goes, comes here at all if he doesn't know that Lamar's in. And that's got to come, and, and that's got to come directly here. from Lamar to him. Lamar's yeah. Lamar, Lamar had to give him an assurance. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's there's no shot Odell signs that contract again. The Jets are going to have Aaron Rodgers on draft day. Like, I don't I don't see that that's not going to happen. So no, that, he yeah, that's down, been pretty much guaranteed by every person involved. Yeah. So he has turned down playing with Aaron Rodgers at a stadium that he is comfortable with and had some of his best years at to come to Baltimore. And he's not doing that to play with fucking, you know, gap tooth dumbass who tries to QB sneak from the three-yard line. So I, there's just I'm, – I'm sorry, but he's not doing that. And he's not doing it to play with, you know, fucking mayo coffee drinking Will Levis or banana peel eating Will Levis or, you know, any of the rookie quarterbacks that the Ravens could potentially get in a trade for Lamar. So it, it's Lamar's here for 2023. I, I just don't so, know. There's no way around that anymore. Right. So here's another side of it from the Odell aspect of it. If it was down to the Jets and the Ravens, he is familiar with that stadium, but he has also just came off of two knee surgeries. Would he want that to be his home field that he's playing there consistently? Terrible. Grant, Grant, want, just, Grant, Grant just 
jacking my entire theory. Yeah. He's like, I got, oh, this, no, I got no, this idea. No, I got no, this idea. No, no, and I was, no, I was gonna, no, I was, I was gonna give you credit for it because I'm just, just like, I'm just busting breakdown. your balls. You did, no, you did the break. You did, you did a breakdown on it, and I was just, th- I was actually just thinking about that when Drew said playing in a stadium is familiar with. I was like that breakdown that Will had, and I was like, yeah, he's gonna have to play more games on turf, which would be another thing that made sense. Yeah, well, I tonight, think that's the where Will just gets robbed by people. He got robbed by fucking Caillou earlier. <laughs> now he's getting robbed by uh, by by Grant live on air. So. That is actually funny because I think yesterday I was just saying in our in our uh, Twitter group chat. You retweeted yourself. Yeah, well, well, I'm talking about the the uh, Jarvis Landry. I said, do you think? And I, no. I wasn't saying like I want Jarvis Landry. Like uh, that that you know, I think we should go get him. I'm saying, do you think that Jarvis Landry is a vet depth ad, and he would be? You know, not tomorrow, but you know, at some point, probably around OTAs or even afterwards. He as a June, a June signing kind of guy. Yeah, exactly. But it, I, I could see that happening because you know Odell's obviously gonna uh, gonna gonna vouch for him, and he's a guy who I think he's can obviously still be productive. He has been. He, he, you know, we know what he is. He is a possession receiver. He's very sure-handed. This is the argument I made to sign him last year too, and yeah. so he. he you know, he would be a it's not even like we've been attacking the wide receiver three and four position just sort of as like a platoon. It's like anything after the first two wide receivers is just like it's everybody else. And like this game, it's one guy and th- this game, it's another guy or they're just throwing they're spreading the ball all around. But if we had three guys who were the guys and you say uh, Odell and Bateman and Jarvis Landry say that's the three. I mean, that's three very solid. I mean, that and, and you know, the hierarchy is obvious there. Maybe it's not obvious between Bateman and, and Odell, but like that's a good problem to have. And then the drop off then to to Landry is he is the third option, but he is the third option. So I everybody behind a- him, the depth is just like uh, then it's like true depth. Those guys aren't expected to play any sort of a major role, but they're there. And, you know, that that's a that's a useful uh, thing to have to have a bunch of guys who who have stepped up at times in very small sample sizes versus, you know, having those three guys that you can lean on. But Landry uh, also last year was, was banged up too. So that's another guy. That's a lot of injury risk. I have a bit of an unpopular take here that kind of, uh, you know, and it's something we've talked about on zone 32 before. What if we do not draft or sign another wide receiver and we use Isaiah likely as, you know, that wide receiver three, wide receiver four guy, um and Kohler Kohler would be more the tight end tight end too. too. Yeah, you get rid of Oliver because I just don't know. You know, they're eating. He, he already got signed. He already got signed. I think he got signed to. Oh, um, he's gone. I think he, he signed with Minnesota. I'm pretty sure. Oh, you're right. He did. Okay, good. So yeah, we're not dealing with him anymore. But I think that Munkin showed at Georgia that he uses multiple tight ends. Um, and he used Bowers a lot as more of a slot wide receiver than an actual tight end. I feel like you can put Isaiah Likely in that role to get him on the field more often. Mm-hmm. Uh, Charlie Kohler kind of more profiles as your Nick Boyle, who actually has hands that work. And then Mark Andrews is Mark Andrews. So, I mean, regardless, I, I think I think you need to find a way to put Likely and Andrews on the field at the same time. And I almost feel like Isaiah Likely could be your, you know, your upside wide receiver rather than drafting a, a Mingo or a um, A.T. Perry later in the draft. Maybe you give Isaiah likely that shot. You also run the risk of turning him into another Darren Waller where you can't really pick a position for him and it, it kind of hurts him and hurts his development. But I, I was going to say, that, yeah, I was gonna say it's like it's like reverse Darren Waller where he was drafted as wide receiver, turned into a tight end. 
and um yeah and we couldn't make up our minds like, of yeah. where we wanted to use them right yeah, yeah and so I, you re- you definitely run that risk doing that but i almost feel like that has got to be on somebody's radar as an idea yeah well um, and you know with waller it, it has certainly worked out well for him i mean the guy's rich beyond his wildest dreams he, he's he's uh obviously uh found the role that and even when he went to to uh the raiders and he's a tight end he really still played a, a more of a hybrid role he, he was he yeah. was he was playing out of the slot he wasn't in line that much and he, he's certainly not blocking all that much he's he is a a receiver more so than a traditional tight end so you know um i don't know that's a bad bad thing for likely. I mean, obviously when he was drafted, he was drafted for his, his athletic ability and his catching ability and um, his, his playmaking ability. So I don't, I don't hate that. I mean, last year we were on the, on the podcast, we, we made the case that he was wide receiver one at one point. So, yeah. well, um, I mean, I also made the case that Devin Duvernay was wide receiver one and I made the case that Demarcus Robinson was wide receiver one. So well, well, but they all were know. at one point, really, they all yeah. were playing that role. So, but and I, I know I mean, that we have a former associate that got very bent out of shape about those takes and, you know, voiced that opinion to us privately multiple times that we weren't allowed to say that. And he never made fun of us for that, but yeah. at the time we were right. So yeah, well, in and context, you just, in, to use the, to use the grant, the grant argument in context, we were right. So yeah. And, 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 I mean, to to uh, you just mar- you just mentioned Demarcus Robinson. I'd be totally fine with us re-signing him, and he's the he's the well. He's know, been the all over. He's still all over Raven shit on his Instagram. Right, and he wants to be feel, here for sure. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't blame him at all. And I've thrown out Kenny Galladay too. I mean, a lot of people. Yeah, are like, I would no, no, no. But I mean, like, I just think that was a bad situation. I would like you to go search. I would like you to go search my app and then Kenny Galladay to the Ravens, because um, I I said that emphatically that I would bring him in and that was before any of the shit well, went down. So now, well, now I mean we talked we talked about it last year at the trade deadline too. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Well He's and he played at I... the end of the year at the end of the year he came on for the Giants. Mm-hmm. And obviously I think he was trying to like put some tape together because he knew he wasn't going to yeah, be there. He, he didn't want to be there. No. So I mean he got paid but um he would be an, again I think he would be he's like he's a similar I think stylistically he's pretty similar to, to Demarcus Robinson but he's better. Um, he's younger, yeah, well, so better. yeah, uh, maybe he's I, not younger. I I think of Demarcus Robinson as being old. I think he's twenty seven years old or something. Yeah, he's pretty young. Still. Demarcus Robinson's a better like route runner, but Galladay's more of like that. He's a true X. Like he's more of that. Like use his. He's a bigger frame receiver, and he's strong. Like he'll go up and get fifty fifty balls. We don't really have that, and that's good to have. Now Adele is fully capable of that, but you know having that bigger receiver, he's more of like the the yak. Not, more of a yak guy than Demarcus Robinson, but yeah, they're they're very similar. Like if you put them in tiers, I think they're pretty close to each other. Right. Realistically, so it would come not. down to money, I think, on those two. And and yeah. and Robinson has familiarity in the locker room and really wants to be here. So you know, I I don't know. I, I'd be fine with either one of them. I'm not looking yeah, for Devin Duvernay to be on our opening day roster. You know what I mean? I'm looking for him to be gone. I'm looking for Prochet to be gone. And I'm looking for Wallace to be gone. So I'd and be so, fine. I would be fine keeping Duvernay, but he's the last receiver on the depth chart because he. Why are you paying four million dollars to a kick returner and well, a wide receiver? Six? I think so they could. If you I can think, avoid it, I think that they could come up with a solution for that. They could, but but if they don't. I'm more than happy trading him for a yeah. future sixth round pick or whatever. Yeah, I'm. I'm just talking about him as a player. Um, yeah, you know, he he brings something to to the game that I think, you know, is unique 
he he's shown ability and he's a really good returner. So, so and then he took he took that one kickback against Miami, which really ended up meaning nothing because our defense shit their pants. Um, he, he's been okay on punt returns. I just feel like you you paid Justice Hill. You know what purpose in the offense does Devin Duvernay serve? that you could use that $4 million elsewhere. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. No, no, I'm still not talking about money here. I'm just talking about um, him as a player. And, you know, his as far as a returner, I think last year his returning was uh, less effective because he was being used much more in the offense. So um, in in years past, he was an all pro as a as a kick returner. So uh, and and that's it's not based on like he's uh, Dante Hall or Devin Hester. And he's like, you know, bringing back six uh, kicks for touchdowns in a year, but he he's his his return average is high. So like field position is great. So that that's a huge I think asset for the team if we can get it. And we've seen he can be uh you know a weapon on offense. Not you don't want to you don't want to rely on him as like an every he could you know, be a Jacoby Jones, but did yeah. we pay we never paid Jacoby Jones that kind of money. You know what I mean? I don't know. I bet Jacoby Jones is making about that much. Well, uh, uh, comparatively to the the cap, you know, whatever that percentage is. Yeah. But yeah, again, I'm not talking about money here. I think they can solve the money issue with him if, if he wants to be here or if there's somebody who's interested, then we trade him and we get a fifth or sixth round pick back for it. That's fine. He's a, he's a Patrick queen type guy to me of, you know, like if Patrick queen is here, I'm happy with that. Him and Roquan Smith up the middle is a great duo. Like that's Mm -hmm. a great linebacker duo. I'm not going to say no to that. But if somebody comes in and says, hey, we want Patrick Queen for, I don't know, a second-round pick, uh, a fucking elite wide receiver, like I said earlier, with Hopkins or Evans, you know, that that's something that you make that deal for. If somebody comes to you and says, we want Devin Duvernay for a fourth-round pick, I, I don't I don't think oh, you'd say no to that. You jump at that fourth-round yeah. pick. Fuck yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. And and with Queen, um, yeah, if he's here, I think I'm he's fine. gone. If he's here, I'm fine. If not, I'm fine too, because we have guys on the roster who can step into that role. We don't need to go get someone to, to or even draft someone. We have Malik Harrison. We have, um, who's your guy? Josh from, Ross. Yeah, Josh Ross. Ross. And like you said yesterday, we have, we kind of have uh, a luxury where uh, Bowser could be somebody who slides inside. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of options, I think. What do you think about, about Bowser with a position change, Grant? They've, they've talked to – I mean, that was rumored, what, last year, I think, they were talking about sliding him inside. Um, Which they did from time to time. Yeah. He's Every very versatile. He's a, he, he's a weapon. Yeah, and he's – and for an outside linebacker, you know, he's – I mean, he's great in coverage. I mean, how many he, – yeah. he makes a lot of reads on balls, batted balls, a couple interceptions. One of them was a diving interception. Like, you don't really see that a lot of times. He's bad at plays behind – he's, yeah, he's bad at plays behind him, but so is Queen. So – Right. You know, are you really losing that much? Right. And and if we address CB2 and we get, you know, a reliable, you know, and I don't know what we're going to do at slot receiver either. So um, are we going to bring back um, Fuller? Because, I mean, he should be Some healthy. Point. He got hurt. He he what, he tore his Achilles, right? And in, in the first game. Uh, yeah. So, so I think I think your slot corner is Pepe Williams. I think that that's, that's my guy. That's fine. I, like I mean, he, 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 it could I think, be Brandon Stevens too, I guess. Yeah. The, both of them showed enough to me that I think they, we, you know, and we can attack that with both of them instead of relying on one or the other and just play the hot hand there. But CB2 is going to be important. But, you know, we have now um, three good, we have Geno Stone back with Kyle Hamilton and Marcus Williams. So the safeties are covered. I don't know. Well, I mean, like, my guy out. Darius and our Darius and our Darius Washington. Yeah. So, they, like, I, they gave and, him a shout out. 
Yeah, they did. Yeah, they gave him a shout out at the uh, at the Liars luncheon. So I think you know, um, middle linebacker Patrick Queen's position. He, he played great next to Roquan Smith, but the fact that it took Roquan Smith for him to play that well, you got to wonder if it's plug and play, well, and it's not. And they they haven't picked him. up his fifth year option yet. Like right. that's that's the one that's the thing that's glaring to me, and people are starting to pick up on it online. I saw, um, I think Rita tweeted it today that you know she thinks Queen's gone. I've been saying it for a couple of weeks now that with the lack of you know any kind of definitive statement on the fifth year option, the Ravens are pretty quick to say that they're going to pick up a fifth year option on a guy that they want to keep. Right. And the fact that there has been none of that with Queen leads me to believe that he's just not going to be here. I'm uh, I'm pretty comfortable in saying that if we get something you know, a second round pick back for him that he's gone. Oh, a second round pick would be great to get back. Cause you know that, that EDC and especially because we got Roquan for that second round pick. So if he can replace that by getting rid of queen, then he, I think he jumps at that. I don't know that we're going to get a second round pick for Patrick queen, but um, you know, if we did, that would be a fucking great return to get that second round pick back and still have Roquan Smith. Yeah. I'd like, I'd, like, I'd like for him to be there one more year. I'd like just, I'd like to have him one more year. I would too, but we have a. It, this kind of comes down to a Patrick Queen is a luxury to me right now. Yeah, and he definitely he's very, is. He's very good yeah. at the role that he plays that we need him in, and like I'd love to have that luxury. But if it's a luxury or a CB two, like give me the CB two. We need a CB two. We need an. We need a guard. We need potentially a right tackle. We don't really need a second inside linebacker. No. Yeah, you're right. It's. I yeah. I I, I wouldn't be mad if he's here, but I'm totally fine if he's not and i'm not even gonna like be i'm not pressed over exactly what we get back either no i'm not either like honestly it's funny you know i've been up ebc's ass and i've been up the raven's ass about fixing the wide receiver room and that's been like a big thing that i've wanted for you know three years on this podcast essentially and i think odell has done wonders fixing that wide receiver move room and it's funny that that one move has kind of chilled me out a little bit to the the extent that like I'm now willing to wait and see what the Ravens are going to do. And now there are a lot of different avenues to go to fill the needs on this roster. And, you know, I'm I'm no longer like at somebody's throat every two seconds about wanting to do a certain move. Like there's no there's no urgency to go out there and acquire DeAndre Hopkins anymore. Like yeah. that that's been yeah. done. That's been done. And now we have the draft coming up and we have all these ways we can go with the, you know, with the 22nd overall pick. Are we even at 22 on draft night? I don't know. I, I doubt it. Back. Yeah, I doubt it. But uh, you know, a lot of things, it, it depends on a lot of things. Like I think they will wait until we're on the clock to, to, yeah. to decide yeah. because Versus if we there. get there and like JSN's there, you take them. Yeah. Yeah. Or Versus if Jay Flowers is there, I think you take them. If yeah. JPJ, if JPJ is there, I'm pretty sure EDC will fucking sprint to the microphone himself. Yep. Scream I mean, I would too. There's I mean, a short so- list of guys where if the if they're there and you know the at wide receiver at this point, it's a little bit of a luxury, but I think it's a uh it's not even because it's like you if you draft one of those guys, you're fortifying the wide receiver room for for a long time. Um, I think Quentin Johnson is another one. Yeah, I mean they've met they've met with him three times. They clearly like him. Well, and I he brings people- he, yeah, he brings something to the wide receiver room we don't have. And that's yeah, that we don't size. have that, we size, just don't have that it. size and speed. We don't have that combo. Yeah. Um, I don't I care think how big I, somebody is. They got to catch the football. Yeah, I, I know. But again, like he's George Pickens. He's the same guy. No, George Pickens has yes. hands. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Check, one clip check, check, check my tweet. How about all the circus catches that he makes? But You're, like, no, seriously, if you watch. When you make, when you you make watch, circus catches. 
But you watch Quentin Johnson. He he catches the ball with his body down the field. Terrible, terrible habit to have. Like he has the drop issue. Like we've already experienced that. I'm done with that route. I don't care how well, you can teach somebody to not do that anymore. No, you can't. Not you can't. Could you can. teach, could you you teach Rashad Perryman to do that? No, because we had morons at offensive corner. Like this is part of the problem is that we brought in Todd Munkin, who is an actual good offensive corner. We're not used to that. So we why don't not have, get the the receivers we, are deep this year? Why not get somebody that can catch? There's a lot of them that can catch. Well, we, we, he was the third guy we named, Grant. I'm just saying he's one of the people. So, you know. The, the Ravens but that's our first, like down, our first round option, though. Yeah, but they like we're, him. They, 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 they've had three meetings with him. Like, this smoke is not screen. like a – they don't do – you don't do three meeting smoke screens. Those are guys that you like. They're, Julius Brents is another guy that they like, clearly. You know, His and people are – like my garage right now. I I just – there are there are clearly guys that the Ravens have – their eyes for at 22 that I'm not sure are there at 22. And I think that on draft night, we're now in a, in a cool position in a weird position where we're not, you know, sitting there like begging that Kyle Hamilton falls or begging that Rashad Bateman falls or begging that Patrick queen falls. Like we're, we're kind of in a power position now where Mm -hmm. if this guy's there, we make that pick. If he's not there, we have many avenues to, to fix this team for lack of a better term. There's zero desperation. Uh, on draft night for the Ravens on night one. I don't think there's any de- desperation at all because like the obvious glaring hole on the, on the Ravens roster and in the history of the Ravens was wide receiver. And they did that. They obviously, this was the biggest thing they've ever done in terms of addressing an issue that, that other than the attempt at you, that that's the only yeah, thing that even right. Yeah. But like the, this is the biggest and the difference being the attempt versus the execution. They actually well, got I mean, it they done. Did, they did. Yeah. They did get Tio, and yeah, Tio yeah. decided to be a you know little twat about it. But that's, right. Uh, but we have Odell. He's not going to like it's. It's a done deal. I mean, he's, yeah. he showed up today. The the introductory press conference is tomorrow. So this is by far the biggest the biggest thing that they've ever pulled off in terms of a wide receiver. We've never in the history of the franchise had a Pro Bowl player at wide receiver. Um, that's not guaranteeing we're going to have one now, but I think. You know, given that fan vote is a a significant portion of how guys get in, you want you want a hot take for me? Wouldn't be surprising to me. Yeah, go ahead. Odell Odell will not be in the Pro Bowl next year because he's going to be busy that week preparing. uh, But he, but I think he'll get voted in. No, yeah, but he's just not going to go because we got we got more important shit to do. He'll be selected, I think. Um, I don't know if that counts if if he's a Pro Bowler or not. But it does not. You have to actually go to the Pro Bowl. Okay. But, well, I think he would be. I think he is going to get selected to the Pro Bowl. Uh, uh, and that's even if he has a mediocre season. I think he'll still get selected to the Pro Bowl because Ravens Twitter is a fucking, uh, you know, a, a beast online. So, uh, and and he is uh, beloved, and he's never he's never put the uniform on. So, I think it's it's almost like a guarantee that he's going to get voted into the Pro Bowl. I mean, we've had these Ravens Odell photoshops floating around since like 2021. Yeah, I mean, I'm seeing I'm seeing ones that were made in 2021 still being tweeted now. Like it's it's been a long time coming. Yeah, well, and not, the second and not, best and one, not, the second best one is Steve Smith, I think. Yeah, uh, well, I was just about to say like this. It feels like because I love Steve Smith. Steve Smith's one of my favorite wide receivers like ever, and like just his this like his impact that he brings to a team, and uh, it, it's a age gap of difference but i was literally about to say the same thing that it reminds me of it feels like when we got steve smith yeah except well, for steve we got smith, steve but like smith on on steroids right? though yeah steve yeah, smith yeah. on like i mean it's 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 the steve smith acquisition but like on a completely different fucking level it's um, like getting steve smith in 2011 
rather yeah. than getting well, Steve hope, Smith when we do. I hope Odell's first game, he stiff arms somebody down the field and throws them by their face and then walks in the end zone. Yeah. As Something. long as Josh Norman's not on the field, then I, I'm I'm confident in what Odell can do. <laughs> yeah. So, you know what? I think we need to talk about something. Uh, this is not even really Ravens or football related, but Drew has attended three Orioles games this oh, season. God. We're, we're going to do We're going to do the fucking racism shit. Now there's the, you know, Drew denies that it's him. So I have a well, theory. Well, I have a, I well. have a theory. I have a theory. Are okay. these I'll people, are these people who are showing up at the game that look like you, the people who created those burner accounts? Um, well, and they're ask, not actually um, burner accounts. They're just actually you, people that look like you. <laughs> do, I, do I say that? I don't even remember that kid's name. It's it's Flamingo, but it's it's got X's and Z's. Sammy, Sammy is his name, I think. Yeah, it's fucking sensitive Sammy over here. Um, eat my dick. Fucking, you know, recruit your girlfriend to fight your fucking battles for you, you clown. Um, no, those are not me at any of these Orioles games. Um, frankly, I've been dealing with this online for about, you know, five years at this point of any time there's a heavier set white guy with a beard and a hat on, I get fucking tagged of, Oh, why are you here? Drew? Oh, I found you on TV. Blah, 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 blah. It's not me. This it's, morning, it's this me. morning, I, when I woke up, the first tweet I saw was, uh, it was like a, you know, a promo clip or a promo tweet for the Trill Weather show. And Luke Combs was on it. And I was like, Luke Combs mm-hmm. looks like Drew. So maybe yeah. here he is again, oh, just popping up yeah, right on my feet. <laughs> I've been, I've been a, Action Bronson when he was like hot in the streets. It was a fucking, oh, is this your brother? I'm like, fuck you people. Like, I'm just, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. It's every time there's a white guy with a beard and a hat. Uh, I, it's me. I get, I get tagged in that tweet nine times out of 10. Well, I think that the people who, I think that the, all those burner accounts are actually just all those guys. And well, we found were, one of them. So, we found one of the guys. So that from now on. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. was funny. Where I just took a picture of him, and, he, and then he he responded to the tweet. That's not that's me. That's me. Yeah. <laughs> and that he was, was awesome. with someone that looked like Chibs. No, no so from now on, what you have to do is every time that you see a picture that somebody looks like Drew, you have to retweet it and say, "Is Drew okay?" <laughs> I mean, and then every time I so this this started with a dayball nonsense of I've just been calling it racially motivated because I don't know what else to call it. It's 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 racial profiling. That's the only that's the only adjective that I can think that actually fucking fits the situation. Ridiculous. I've been dealing with this. Yeah, and to get back to that flamingos idiot, the fact that he thinks that I'm capable of creating my own Twitter account, I can get the kid on who's made all my Twitter accounts for me. Like I'm I'm physically unable to log on to Twitter and make an account myself. I have I know, I know for have... a fact you have no burner accounts. You the only time you have a new account is when you have an account that gets suspended permanently and you have to create a new one and you have to have someone else do it for you. So I, I, know- I actually, actually somebody I referred to as a um, ableist slur on this podcast, it starts with an R I'm not going to say it this week. Um, you know, I'm going to be on good behavior is the one who makes all of my Twitter accounts for me. He's made my Twitter accounts for me since like 2015 too. Like this is not like a, a new thing. I've been IP. I've been, I've been treated as basically a terrorist by Twitter since like 2014. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm I'm apparently not safe for public consumption, and the fact that you think you can, or the, the fact that he blatantly lied online. This is the funniest part: is that he got caught in a fucking boldface lie, called somebody else mentally ill, and then I simply responded with evidence that he's fucking full of shit. And this is what caused like World War Three on Twitter. It was it was just a a screenshot with. Uh, it was two screenshots cr- that I drew crudely, on. crudely drawn arrows on them, pointing to a picture. That's the you know, I don't I don't know why that was so uh, you know taken as such a you know 
uh, and then assault he's on his like he's character. Get, but he's acting like he's getting attacked left and right. There were two fucking responses to the tweet. It had two likes. He's the it only one when, who drew attention to it. Yeah, well, because then he recruited you know other stupid fucking people to you know come tweet at me and keep going back and forth. And like, well, why are you responding? This is what I never will get about Twitter either. Is that if you're going to come at me, the first tweet to me was disrespectful by any you know any metrics that you want to look at was her talking shit to me. And so I simply responded with the same energy that was given to me. And now it's my fault, right? right. I'm not allowed right. to respond to that. I've never, never gotten that concept of, what you're just supposed to be able to get your jokes off. I'm supposed to be like, haha, like, and let it go. Like, no, fuck you. And she's sliding in DM saying like, you know, he can't handle this and he's not doing well with it. Well, you know, don't feed me that kind of information then, lady. <laughs> let's, let's, let's be real here. Like you're, you're dealing with, a noted cyber terrorist and you're just feeding that kind of information. I'm like, you're an idiot for that. Well, the funniest thing about it too, of where uh, he was complaining about, I was, I, I was responding. I got tagged under the whole thing. I wasn't involved in it. I had, I had no idea it was even going on. I got tagged by Kevin and uh, well, Kevin and, tagged me first. Saying yeah, and, that I would do it. So he subtweeted me. Said he didn't, some, and he and Kevin didn't know it was about you. And, yeah, because yeah. Kevin had no idea that I have a nice side to me, where I saw this kid getting mercilessly harassed by the um, you know white trash twins who decided to make burner accounts of me. Um, potentially, white trash twins are some of their cohorts who pretended to hate them and were in you know fantasy leagues making fun of them for an entire year, mm-hmm. and then maybe you know maybe potentially made burner accounts to harass them. But that's a different topic for a different day. Um, you know, I, I said, I was like, look, this is not me. I was like, I'm an asshole, but like, I'm, I'm very forthright with being an asshole. You know, like, I'm not going to hide behind a fake account to do that. Like, I'll just do that for my regular account. I really don't care. Oh yeah. And so, you know, I just, I, that's all I messaged him. So I was like, I was like, look, man, like if I had an issue with you, if I had any clue that you existed, like I would just tell you you're a bitch to your face. Like, I really don't care. <laughs> like, that's just not a, it, it's not something that I have an issue doing. I mean, we've, we've seen that there's multiple people who are allegedly going to line up to fight me at Ravens games. And this is, you know, four years running of that shit. So, right. Um, I have no, no issue of doing that. And just the fact that it's been like, you know, so he subtweeted me and Kevin tagged me and was like, Oh, do you want Drew to take care of him? I was like, he's talking about me. <laughs> and then he tagged, and then and then he tagged you, and he was just like, oh, okay, well, you know, Will can take care of it. And I was well, like, yeah. And then he said that guy's had me blocked for that guy has me blocked. I've never interacted with him. And then I pointed out the only reason I have had him blocked since August of 2021 is because he did then the exact same thing he did yesterday, spreading lies and then tagging people in to come at someone about the lies he just told about them, them not knowing that they're even supporting lies. So, you no. know, he, he's the one who tweeted something like, uh, you can't, a zebra can't change its stripes. Yeah. You're fucking right, buddy. You just did the same shit you did two years ago. And, and you, look like a, a you look like a fucking fool. And then he goes on this weird ass tweet rampage this morning to try to push all that shit down his timeline. Yep. Yep. Well, his, his biggest gripe of the entire thing was that I called his girlfriend overbearing, which I feel like was a fair response to what occurred. I, I don't think that, that was really that big of a deal, but yeah. Well, like I pointed I out, mean, uh, allowing or sending your girlfriend into the DMs of other men is a fucking bananas move. It's crazy. You should. It's almost as bad as having your mom. It's almost as bad as having your mom fight your bowels. You, yeah. Well, there's a trend with with these people who live in a, a certain area of yeah. the world. So. No, yeah, your your single mother coming at me on Twitter is probably a bad idea. It does take, not. She did take a break to to uh, dispute the election results, but. Um, yeah, yeah. Deny the deny the election and deny that your husband left you for a good reason. It's a great use of Twitter.com. 
and then, uh, and then threaten threaten to kill a child. Well, I think so. In in her defense, I'm fairly positive she thought she was threatening to kill me, and then didn't realize she she actually threatened to kill like a dangerous human. Yeah, like, yeah. Just, and then, and then deactivated the deactivated her account afterwards. Immediately. Yeah. Immediately after. That. Grant's sitting here like, what the fuck are these people talking about? <laughs> I'm just letting y'all go. I'm watching this. Thing. I, I love I love when we get into like the Twitter drama because Grant's like, I've read three of these tweets and don't understand what's going on. So I just checked out mentally. <laughs> yeah, I'm so lost. I'm just looking forward to getting the uh the info on who on where where the listens are coming from. I bet there's gonna be a whole lot of listens up in the in Hartford County this this week. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm sure that there's a certain um, individual on a list that we can't talk about publicly because it's bullying and illegal. But, um, you know, he listens to everything that we say, reads everything that we say. So I feel like he's the ringleader on that. Um, he's 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 got a long storied history of cyber stalking. So it, it would make sense that he's, um, you know, in tune with what we do. Yep. All right. Have we you know, missed, did we miss anything? Not not. On, I mean, anything in general. We don't have to stay on this topic. Um we don't well, have Jake so, here to, to, to guide us to the the end of the show. What I do wonder is tomorrow's press conference introducing Odell. There there has to be a Lamar angle to that because there's no way that Ian Rapport comes out with that re- um, report that, you know, it was driven by Lamar and it was Lamar and Odell kind of doing this together behind the scenes, that there's no way that there is the Ravens can dodge that question. Well, here, okay. I think the the way that that question may get answered is they may ask Odell what role Lamar played in the process, and then we'll see right. what 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 Odell is willing to say. It also depends on what journalist is the one asking it. Yeah, um, I'm I'm not too familiar with Baltimore radio hosts and you know the kind of the lower level Baltimore idiots that will report on the team. If you get a, a Jeff Srebeck or a, you know Jamison Hensley blocked me for some unknown reason on twitter so he can you know suck a dick but um <laughs> there i don't even know what i did to that guy i'm sure i did something offensive to him or it really doesn't matter if you get somebody who works for a legitimate newspaper who knows how to ask those kind of questions like we may get some interesting answers tomorrow Jimmy Schaefer is that, another one who, who yeah Jonas Schaefer. um you know kyle barber has his moments um yep. who's the one that read it as the podcast with uh woodland Glenn clark Oh yeah, yeah, the, uh, yeah um, Cordell Cordell Woodland. Yeah, like that's another guy who I've heard him, you know, interact with the team and is like intelligent and can actually phrase questions and uh, you yeah, know, I like that. I like that I like that guy. Yeah, I wonder if Rita uh, will. I wonder if Rita will be there. Yeah, she, and she's another one again who could phrase a question in a intelligent manner that could actually get us answers that we want. The problem is, is are they going to get called on first? Right. Because so what if some, what if? Stone Cold's music starts and Lamar walks out. And- I was th- thinking that exact thing. Well, Literally, I, mean, I was going to say that exact were, thing. There, that's for that's photos. for the Steve. That's for the Steve Smith shit. Get out yeah. of my head. Yeah, there were um, there were photos of Lamar on the plane with uh, Odell that have been circulating. <laughs> on Twitter. They came from a very reputable source. They came from yeah, uh, they, they came from the same same source as uh, Grant's George Pickens evidence that he shared with us earlier. They were on an SEC yeah. message board. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I mean, I'm just saying that there, there is, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire. Again, Lamar is not going to go out to a club and hang out with um, Odell if he's not interested in staying here. I also don't know if the Ravens have had enough bad PR for the last couple of months that they want to make this a whole new holiday, where if they assign, you know, Lamar to an extension, that they're going to do this separately, maybe the week before the draft and make it like a week-long celebration. You drop it on like a Tuesday afternoon and, you know, let that carry you through the weekend of you'll get all the goodwill you want in the city, so... 
Mm-hmm. I, I would I would not be shocked if a deal's done soon though. Same. I, I I you know, ideally for the team, for Lamar, for for morale, for everything, uh a Lamar Jackson deal getting done and announced, you know, with a few days to spare going into the draft. So by by the end of next weekend, I think is uh that that's the best possible scenario we have. Um you know, I'm and not gonna, Colts, I'm not going to hold my so, breath on it. I, I don't I don't know, but um it, it's completely possible. And well, and so the Colts days. I say 10 days. That, that is, that's literally yeah, 10 days. What I just oh, said. Is it yeah. 10 days? Yeah, yeah. The end of next weekend is 10 days from now. Grant personal. Gosh, <laughs> man, I feel like I feel like Bob right now. Yeah, fucking this is a full Bob moment. But the Colts actually came out today too. Uh, Steichen came out and said that they're like basically not in on Lamar and they're focused on draft guys. And that was our, um, you know, everybody's dark horse team that was going to come in and get them. Yeah. So I think, yeah, I think uh, the the Odell signing and the timing and everything is also a message to the league. Like you're not getting Lamar. It's just not happening. No. And again, you could, you could always have that one owner who, you know, thinks too highly of themselves and that they could lure Lamar away, but all they're really doing is helping the Ravens. I think at that point, because you don't, you don't commit that money to Odell and you don't commit that $11 million cap hit next year. If you don't think that Lamar and Odell are going to come here and fucking, you know, just, go on a revenge tour and just fuck the league up next year. And you're not going to sign both of them again. Right. I totally agree with that. Yeah. I don't don't think they sign, uh, they don't, they don't sign Odell with those void years with the looming $11 million. And and again, people talking about 11, Oh my God, $11 million dead cap next year. Fucking who cares about 11 million dead dead cap next year? The, the, The bucks have a $35 million dead cap that they're eating this year on Tom Brady. Last year, the fucking, uh, Falcons had a $40 million dead cap on Matt Ryan. So like an $11 million dead cap is really not that big of a deal, but I don't think that the Ravens want to eat any dead cap on anyone if they don't have to. And they, they put that in place with the understanding and the expectation that they would get, uh, another, two to three years out of Odell beyond the first one. To actually um, play devil's advocate and, you know, follow Spencer. I don't know if you saw his tweet. I think I sent it to the group with the um, not extending Lamar this year because you don't want the cap savings in 2023. Is this maybe uh play out the tag and extend him next year? And then you give Odell big money next year. And you kind of, you know, so you, you take the Lamar cap savings in 2024, you front load a Odell deal and kind of go that route. It's also possible. Yeah. Well, yeah, I guess. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't think I, I, I think that's kind of stupid, honestly. The, I mean, the, the the long story short here is that by signing Odell the way that you did, you have taken the the gun off of the back of UC's head and given him so many more options to make this team competitive and make things work. Yeah. Uh, oh, another another thing that we didn't we, we didn't really address the fact that it was, you know, it's well known that Steve Bishotti was was part of the the recruitment process with Odell. Oh, he's and, yeah, he's hearing he's hearing he's hearing the people talking, and he came out of his little fucking yacht in Florida and told you to <laughs> you know suck it. So well, but they also said that he's been part of it for like a long time. He's been he's been making calls to Odell, recruiting him for basically his entire free agency, which goes back all the way to you know. Once the Super Bowl, once that game ended, he was a free agent essentially. Like so, with starting last off season, Steve Bishotti has has had communication. So the idea that um, that EDC, you know, uh, was was being cheap or whatever. So like 
obviously EDC has got to get the the permission of uh, of the owner to put those void years on because it's it, it it's just the, as far as far as a business practice it's not great and we see, yeah. yeah we see how it gets people how it gets teams in trouble that that ha, you know like the the Saints are a great example who use void years like they're fucking pe- like a pez dispenser and they they get themselves in trouble with it so so Bashadi was very much on board with do what you got to do to get this guy here he was a guy he wanted because he and, and this also goes to the fact that people are like Steve Bashadi isn't sold on Lamar Jackson fucking Yes, he obviously is. He's he's actively part of the process to get the guy he wants in the building. So that's my all, the, thing all that Steve. shit is put to bed. All of it. My thing with Steve all along has been that if you come to Steve Biscotti with something that he wants, he is on board with it. He's not cheap. He's willing to spend at the cap, but he's also willing to come out of pocket for stuff that he wants. I mean, again, you look at these rumored deals for Lamar. He was going to be making uh you know, $110 million deposit to an escort account, mm-hmm. you know, like next year. That's not like chump change. And this, this nonsense and this pushing of this narrative that he's a penny pincher and he's poor. He's, he's always willing to pay people top dollar who deserve it. And it's guys that he wants. It's Marlon. It's Ronnie Stanley. It was Joe Flacco back in the day. Like he's willing to pay. So. Uh, yeah. I, I haven't I broken hope- this down, but I, if you look at it right now, I think the Ravens probably have, one of the t- most top-heavy rosters in the league with guys making uh, over ten million dollars. I, I, I would yeah. bet that they're they're up there. So yeah, they're they're top you know ten percent of the cap, or the ten you know top ten percent of players are probably making eighty percent of their cap this year. Right. Yeah. So people that 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 label the front office and the team as cheap are just not doing their homework on it. Well, the we're also and talking to be about... fair, I never I never call them cheap. I'm I not talking about you. I'm not talking uh, about you. No, but you, I just you, I say they don't call, go above. Yeah, I was gonna say your criticism of our front office has always been that they are not willing to go the extra mile. Um, yeah, that's what I would say. And I would say Odell, they they went the extra mile because again, if you got Steve Absolutely. out of hiding, you got Steve out of hiding in fucking you know March and or April in in Florida, like he's you know making phone calls and making this shit happen. Like he clearly wants something to happen. Right. Yeah. A lot, a lot of narratives about the team in the front office, I think are, even though, um... well, even though people who have, who, who push those narratives are still pushing them. They're like, they're they're, they're trying to hedge on them. And it's just, it's, it's so stupid to me that, that like the people, you know, okay. We've all said things on Twitter and even on this podcast that turn out to be wrong. And, you know, you move on but from just it. go the grant route if you're wrong. Just go the grant route and say that you lack context in attacking my old takes. <laughs> because I- I'm serious, you can all you can always add context and meaning to things that you didn't mean when you tweeted. You can always argue that I meant, you know, from this arbitrary four year window that I picked that cuts out Brandon Cook's worst yeah. season. Like, <laughs> like yeah. he's better hey, than Orlando. Listen, that you always, always listen that to option. the semantics. You always listen to the semantic sensei. Like yeah, he'll tell you, me. he'll talk you all the way through it. That's that's fucking me. That's what I do. I've never been wrong online before because I can just fucking explain away and you know fight somebody tooth and nail on dumb shit that doesn't yeah. fucking matter until they give my, up. Yeah, my problem is the people who uh you know are anti EDC, anti front office. Ravens are cheap. Blah blah blah. And then the Ravens just made a move that completely spits in anybody's face that that has ever said that. And they don't. They're not even doing. They're not even saying like you're taking it out of context. They're not doing semantics. They're just continuing to fucking like ign- they're ignoring what just happened and act like 
it's still true. It's like it number well, one, it, it it tells you it was never true. Now it was uh, to use your word, the context matters. So like you can find examples out of context where you can make that point. But at the end of the day, whenever you want to argue they weren't spending money, it's just that they weren't spending money on the thing you wanted them to spend money on. They're spending it on something else. They had uh, one of the highest paid left tackles in the league. They have one of the highest paid tight ends in the league. They have one of the highest paid cornerbacks in the league. They have the, the highest paid linebacker in the league. They did anyway. I think now that I think he's maybe still uh, maybe not the highest signing. No, Ed, Edmonds, I think. Yeah, I think so, whatever it was, money, but, but yeah, he, but, but they're, 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 they're giving out market setting deals. So like the, the, the idea that they're cheap or they don't pay people or they don't value this or that. It's just like, come on, man, just admit that you have a fucking bias and this narrative you want to push and, and move on so, and find something else to bitch about. I think so that we my... should put this on the, uh, let me, let me put this on the record first. Um, we have been very harsh on elephant sleeves, uh, you know, fucking, Ian Schultz on this podcast, making fun of him. When he comes out and says there's nothing wrong with this deal and is not looking for some fucking angle to be miserable about it, like you have to follow suit with that. Yeah. You cannot have a problem fall with the contract. Fall in line. Fall in line. Fall in line with your leader, the fucking, you know, guy who doesn't know how to tailor a suit, who just spews stupid shit online all day, comes out and says, I have no complaints about this. You, you have to just respect it and just take it as fact. He didn't even say he has no complaints. He says no one you has any. Right. Yeah, there's no. Fight, there there is no reason. In the comments. Yeah, he was fighting people in the comments. This is a fucking what? A, what a day this is that we're on. We are on the podcast giving Ian Schultz credit for being for for a for a you know, completely uh, again, accurate take. And and I'm and really, fair. it was him taking accountability for his own bad takes. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I'm nothing but I'm so, nothing but fair. But he he deserves it. Yep. So back to football and the Ravens. Um, the the thing the thing with EDC too is is I've really kind of been like, oh okay okay. When I found out that when uh, Darius Slay went on that his podcast and said, man, Ravens called me immediately, and you know he's not cheap, so they're willing to spend. But my issue on that side of it with the spending, yeah, I get it. Like you're right, we do have like probably more than anybody making above 10 million on a roster as far as top heavy goes, but it's how they allocate their spending that has kind of more like, you know, that you've had an issue with wide receiver for years, go pay somebody, pay the extra dime for him, which they, we have now, mm -hmm. but prior, like, you know, maybe don't, spend an insane amount of money like we love marlo we love ronnie ronnie deal kind of is an awkward one because he got hurt immediately after missed what two and a half years after we made him the highest paid tackle in football yeah. so like you know that's just a circumstantial thing that's part of the game um and you know there's no bad cat you know bad dead cap situations like you know those that's good management right when you don't have a bunch of dead cap we just started doing void years in a sense like you're not we are kicking the can down the road now but it's okay only for lamar though that the only reason only. we're doing that is because of lamar and the tag exactly and you and at some point too you have to evolve and i do think that they are finally starting to evolve sashi brown is why they're doing that that Probably. was 100 percent that was the guy who they brought in because they realized Dick Cass was a fucking dinosaur and did shit one way. And so they went to this guy who went came from a, a train wreck organization that overdid the void years and overdid the money. And he's he's the happy medium. He balances out the old school mentality that we've had 
with this aggressive cap management style. Yeah. And now do you do you add void years if you don't plan on extending somebody too? If for a team that doesn't normally add void years, my sense of it is is they're waiting to see what Odell they get early on. You know, anything can happen any game. But I think if he comes out and comes out hot, like we all expect him to, I think that sets up the potential that you would be investing in somebody adding four void years and that much money to look for a potential extension, whether it's a two year, three year. Right. No, yeah, oh, no, 100%. I fully, I fully agree. That was, that was, uh, we, I think when we talked about signing Odell earlier and like last year, that it was going to be one of these, you know, two, three year deals that were backloaded mm-hmm. and it was meant to get him on the roster up front, see what we had, and, you know, maybe see if we actually made a good investment and save on it two or three years down the road. I think we basically accomplished the same thing with that contract. Is and that also, too, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to say, we just got him on that contract that it gives you the ability to get him here cheap, get him in the actual door, but then you're willing to pay to keep him here. And and also, too, like we talked about earlier, and like you were mentioning with the um, the incentives, like the incentives, those incentives are, are basically like playing incentives. So, like, yeah. you're not going to get those incentives playing 12 games in a season. Like, no. The, that's going to be a longer season that you're going to be able to, to sustain to do that. So if he does finish out, we're benefiting. If he doesn't, you know, Lord forbid something happens, you know, it's also not – it's lowering that cap hit essentially. You know, it's it's a smart move. It's a smart move to make it to make incentives based off a of performance like that more on the side of the guaranteed. If you get Odell and Odell gets you 60 catches, 1,100 yards, and eight touchdowns or nine touchdowns, I can't remember what the uh, actual is. It's nine. nine. So if he gets you that, then paying him $18 million a year is exactly what you want to pay a guy who puts up those kind of numbers. So it puts him, it it, it gives him his market value, and it also makes him have to prove that he's worth that market value. Well, okay. Let's, here's another aspect of that. (laughs) So those benchmarks, uh, with the exception of the touchdowns, I think are like, very realistic. uh yeah very realistic the nine touchdowns is like okay that one's a, that one's a little bit tougher but there was also a qualifier that it's either those or lead the entire team in those categories yeah, now yeah. that's also again you got to understand mark andrews is here so like you know it's he's not just competing with the wide receivers but um i think that kind of structure can also give a glimpse into maybe what they're talking about with Lamar and how to get extra value into his, into his contract. So um, maybe, maybe that this is like a sort of a signal to Lamar, like, Hey, look, Odell just took a deal like this. Now, obviously the numbers are completely different, but I'm saying Mm -hmm. the putting, putting in these, these uh, incentives that are pretty uh, achievable um, to, to juice up the, the contract. That's something Lamar that should, should get Lamar's attention. I think. It means a lot more to Lamar if Odell says that to him too. Yeah, Odell exactly. Says, that's what I mean. Look, yeah. Look, oh yeah. Look, they yeah. Bu- they built in this additional three and a half million dollars into my contract that I'm probably going to get, and you know he talks them through it. It means a lot more than EDC saying that to him. Yeah, yeah. Because well, that's another yeah. player whose paycheck is dependent on it. You know, um, you know what Lamar should be doing? He should be on the phone with Odell's agent. He's got an agent. He's got a. He he's should got a call business guy. Odell's agent. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's got his own business guy. He's good. 
Well, that's that's for yeah. business. That's for other business. Okay, that's for other business. Yeah, but it's it's for all business. That that man is clearly a business genius that we just don't fully understand. Well, I think that guy and Lamar should talk to Odell's agent because Odell's agent obviously was able to get that done. And Odell's agent, credit to him, man, because he went in a month from getting an offer for four million bucks to getting a a, a contract signed that could pay him eighteen million dollars. So that guy's credit. a fucking great agent. Credit to whoever did this, but the whole rumor came out, and I assume that it was Odell's agent put it out there that Odell was going to the Jets on Monday. No, he was going and, there. No, but that's what I'm saying is that he must have leaked that to the press, and that is what lit the fire under UC's ass to say, you're not fucking getting on that plane, and you're not going to New York. You're coming that's what happened with Steve Smith. Steve Smith yeah. was in the building, leaving with no contract, and John Harbaugh ran down the steps and kept him from leaving and said, get back here. Let's get this thing figured out, and, and they did. So yeah, so and it, wasn't it always he, wasn't out. he going to New? Wasn't he going to like yeah, Pittsburgh was, or New England or something? New England. He was going to New England. New England. With, yeah. So he chose Joe Flacco and John Harbaugh over Tom Brady and uh, Bill Belichick because John was, Harbaugh went down there and else. yeah, uh, and John Harbaugh went down there and said, "Get your ass back upstairs. We're going to get this fucking contract done." So uh, nobody you know, wants to play for Bill. No, he's nobody an asshole. He sucks. Uh, yeah, he's a dickhead. Dumbass lacrosse player. Let lets his dog draft. For him, yeah, fucking dogs a better drafter than he is. <laughs> All right, we should wrap. We should wrap this up. We're, we're, every time we start to get towards wrapping it up, we we get pulled back in. This is where Jake's value is really missing. I'm just I'm just reveling in the fact that our podcast did not meet technical difficulties this week. That that is great, definitely yeah, great. You know, Grant did not sabotage any wires this week. Um, you know, we're in, we're we're in good um you know technological health here. So yeah, and yeah, before I, we sign off. About- I need to point, shout somebody out. Go ahead, Grant. I'm going to find this tweet. I was going to say, I, I kept my I kept my pet rats in their cage. I let them out, and they started chewing on wires. So I thought it was I thought it was necessary. Yeah, you had to you had to dodge the heat. That's fine. Um, okay, so this individual named Vamp. His uh, his at is N A D E something. Naldo's hotter. I don't know what the fuck yeah. that means. Naldo Shotter. What whatever your yeah. name is, pal. You're our top fan. He, he said, I say this because I'm one of the seven reviews on the podcast. And as we know, reviews are everything. Our podcast would, would probably get kicked off Spotify if we didn't have his, his uh, review. So thank you, sir, for your review. And the other six people, you know, reveal I'm, yourselves I'm and, and you'll get a, <laughs> you'll get I a shout out. I love review. I say I hate listening to this podcast every week. <laughs> so. so with that. Top fan alert. Uh, you know, good for you, buddy. Kevin, Thank you. Kevin is Kevin is gonna be not happy with this segment of the podcast. Well, he needs to be a little more proactive about uh, you know, letting us know that he's, he's Kevin, a- Kevin, I Kevin, I think I need you to make about eight Apple burner accounts, leave one star reviews and leave negative things about Will. I think that that's how you get back in our good graces. He would he would never do that. Yeah, I mean Hey, and kudos to Kevin, man. Kevin is like, Hey man, when's it dropping? I love that guy. Well, you know, we've talked about Kevin a couple times in this episode. He got me wrapped up in some fucking Twitter drama. So, Kevin, you got to you you have some work to do this week to get back in. Well, to be fair, I enjoy, see. I don't know. I enjoyed the Twitter drama though. It was it was funny. I always enjoy it's the fun. Twitter drama. It's, it's it's funny watching people unravel because they say dumb shit. I I just don't know when people will learn not to like, to go down this road with you with and me. Yeah. yeah, it's just a bad idea. It no, always nobody ends ever badly. wins. Even even if you think you got some moral victory, I don't know if anybody's ever gotten like some kind of moral victory over us. But like they don't feel good about it at the end. No, it's like a it's like a rocky it's like a rocky fight. They went twelve rounds. They got fucking punched in the face, knocked down like thirteen times. 
And then, you know, maybe the judges give you one on the cards, but like, you did you really win? I don't think you know, the, judge, don't. the judge, the judges always think that wh- whoever, you know, starts that kind of situation loses. So, you know. no, but I'm saying like anybody who has even claimed a public victory, like you, you took fucking 46 right hooks to the face to, to get that, you know, it's like, <laughs> do you really want to go through that? Like, it's just not good. Yeah. I'm talking figurative left, right hooks online. I'm not talking about, you know, meeting up and claim that you're going to give people hugs and love at a fucking Orioles game where you didn't go till the next day. Oh, he was at the doubleheader. Yeah, he's at the doubleheader. You know, fucking I'm not Ja Morant. I'm just some, you know, fucking pussy who talks about like I'm NBA young boy. <laughs> All right. Let's, let's, All let's, right. Yeah, let's, let's, let's Grant, wrap it up on Grant, that. Grant, do, do your thing. Grant, say see ya. And then um, we'll, we'll edit in uh, Jake's screaming noise. And then we'll uh, see we'll ya. Ah. <laughs> Zone 32. 32.